so before we get started talking about this, we I I, I want to just kind of put out a, like a trigger warning. We are going to be talking about issues having to do with rape culture and harassment and stalking and these things that happen to a lot of you know a lot of people particularly women um in the street um so if that is something that is triggering or um uh, would negatively affect you then i say skip this episode uh listen listen to the next one <laughs> but definitely skip this one yeah or um go to we have seven episodes. You yeah, can... baby. Yeah, enjoy the rest of them. <laughs> um, but but this one might not be the one for you. Hi, hi. Welcome back to and also with Kathy and Christine. Um, well, I'm gonna do that one week. I'm gonna be like, yeah, we're gonna switch it up. Um, we're gonna just jump right in because the chapter eight is a long chapter. So, um, we're rereading Twilight. So we are now on chapter eight of our Twilight reread. And this is Port Angeles. Uh, so, uh, the last time that we were, uh, we saw Bella, she was going to go to Port Angeles to help Angela and uh, Jessica to do some dress shopping for the dance they were going to. So, she, she says something just like starting right off the bat. Um, Stephanie Meyer with her weird uh, descript- descriptions. She starts off on the first page of this chapter saying that Angela was passively happy, which I don't understand at all. Like, is there an aggressive happy that <laughs> we can compare that to? Um, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know. I was just like, Angela was passive. You know who's aggressively happy? Um, Jojo Suwa. You're right. That's who I see. You just said aggressively happy. And she was the first thing I thought of. <laughs> oh, okay, great. So Angela has an antithesis and it's Jojo Suwa. <laughs> um, cool. So then in the other page, the girls are talking. She's like, you know, we're just having some girl time. And they're talking. And so then um, she's like, uh, they were like, you've never been to a dance. She's like, no, I've never had a boyfriend or anything like that. She was like, um, no one ever asked me out. She's like, well, people ask you out here, but you say no. And she's like, well, except for Tyler. And so then apparently Tyler uh, is telling people that he asked Bella to prom and she said yes. He's trash, bro. And he's so whack. He's like giving, he's trying to give Michael a run for his money in the corn in the corn department because that is so corny to just go around lying on a girl saying that she said yes when she has said nothing of the sort and then bella goes into this whole thing of like maybe i should try to run him over maybe he'll stop trying to apologize and i'm just like girl this has nothing to do with apologizing or making amends or trying to make things right with you it's about ownership it's about owning you right it's about it's about it's about owning mike owning mike by owning by owning you by owning the rights to date you it's by owning the copyright to being Bella Swan's boyfriend. It's disgusting. <laughs> Tyler, you've gone up a rung. Eric is still our unproblematic side character king. That's true. So far. Correct. <laughs> also, now that now that uh Jessica knows that she's not interested in Mike at all, now it's all like nice. Like she's not that that whole thing that she had going with Bella where she was like mean or rude to her for no reason. Well not for no reason, we know why. But it's all gone now. Yeah. And they're like, they're cool. All's now. well. Yeah. Um, and so there's this other thing here that she's describing Jessica and Angela. And I just want to read this real quick because she describes them as very, very two-dimensional. Mm-hmm. So she goes, Jessica, they're talking, they're, she's describing the dresses. Jess was torn between two. One, a long, strapless, basic black number. The other, a knee-length, electric blue with spaghetti straps. I encouraged her to go with the blue. Why not play up the eyes? But really, it's because too much shoulder. It's not It's not good. No, it's because she, because they're not actually friends. Right. And she wants her to go in the most hideous dress electric that she can think blue. of. Right. No, no. It's not the color. Knee-length. A knee-length 
They could, she cut her off. <laughs> she cut her off. I just... Okay, and then she goes, Angela chose a pale pink dress that draped around her tall frame nicely and brought up honey tints in her light brown hair. And it's like, she said, Jessica's the loud mouth. Angela's the sweet, nice, quiet girl. And we're going to just stick them with that. And that's mm-hmm. it. Like, there's no nuance to these girls at all. They're very two-dimensional. And so, but there's also a thing where she compares Angela and Jessica. So, like, she asks Angela a question about the Collins. And then she goes, she didn't ask one question, let alone the hundreds that Jessica would have unleashed. I was beginning to really like Angela. And I'm just like, they're two different girls. You don't have to compare the two. And, like, while I understand you're like, okay, maybe Angela's a little more discreet. I like that. But for her to be like, she wouldn't have been like Jessica. I was really starting to like Angela. And it's like, Stephanie. <laughs> Stephanie. The misogyny is coming out again. <laughs> um there's a lot to this so we're gonna we're gonna kind of speed through this first section then she goes i wanted to look for a bookstore they were both willing to come oh wait no hang on a second sorry sorry, sorry. my bad just real quick she goes she asked about the clothes she said um do they miss school a lot and she's like yes when the weather is good they go backpacking all the time even the doctor and i just find that so unbelievably unsettling imagine just calling out because the day is sunny and you're the doctor. And as we've established in previous episodes, he's the only doctor in the in the entire hospital. The hospital. His name is on the side of the building in the hospital. Except for when it's sunny. When it's sunny, it's like a holographic thing. And it <laughs> it's changes. like Grey's Anatomy. It's Sloan Kettering. No. 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 <laughs> That's actually a hospital. A very important hospital doing very important work here in New York. Um, Sloan. You, Grey Sloan Memorial. Yeah. That's what it is. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> did, I just, did I just plug a <laughs> You did. Okay, great. Um, yeah, so, exactly, it's, it's, and they get away with it, and you know why. Um, and so then she goes, <laughs> I wanted to look for a bookstore, they were both willing to come with me, but I encouraged them to go have fun, and I'm just like, here we go, Martabella. Um, she goes, they didn't know how preoccupied I could get when surrounded by books, it was something I preferred to do alone. How special. Oh my gosh. How reads. special is she? She reads. The girl reads. She probably knows her ABCs. Um, and so then she... She probably does know her ABCs. <laughs> she probably knows grammar. Ooh. Ooh. Any um, participle? What? Okay. Um, okay. So, uh, so then she goes into this whole thing where she's like, I wasn't paying too much attention about where I was going, um, which is really annoying because she is really bad with direction. So she actually should be paying more attention to where she's going. This she also your- doesn't know this area. I'm sorry, but this like is your, this is your constant struggle with Bella. My constant struggle, like you she, don't know where you're going. No, Pay attention, right? And she's she's a tourist here, so it, it's she calls it a tourist trap. And like, honey, <laughs> you're falling into it. She doesn't know where she's going, and she doesn't know. It's like if I go down like a few streets, like in Brooklyn, in Brooklyn, and in New York City, if you take a train a few stops over, you can always get back on to the other side and get to where you're going like here you're walking around this area you don't know girl be careful but anyway aside from but that, also the, the reason why she gets distracted yeah she's, she's walking around mm, aimlessly because she's thinking of edward right she's distracted by her thoughts of edward he's not even there and he's distracting her but i also feel like you can't think and walk at the same time but i just people don't be doing that yeah people don't be doing that people don't be doing that People have a hard time with trouble, uh, with not troubleshooting, um, multitasking. Multitasking. Um, but so here's another thing. She's like, she's like, oh, I'm like worried about Saturday. Am I gonna be going to Seattle by myself? Because this whole thing. She's like, he wouldn't cancel without telling me, which we don't know. But so she saw a Volvo that was parked on the street and it immediately reminded her of Edward. And she's like, oh my gosh. And then she says something that I'm very. Which real quick, I'm sorry, but I thought that they were having. I thought I thought the Collins were having exclusive cars. 
how she saw a random Volvo on the street in Port Angeles and she thought it was your car. Yeah, and Edward read Twilight and was like, I'm going to set the record straight. I got a Phantom in my garage, like, right now. Correct. That's right. I'm not just driving a silver Volvo. In Midnight Sun, yeah, yeah, yeah. But so what she says is, she's like, I was feeling disappointed. I saw the Volvo and it all came crashing down on me. And then she says something that I'm just not sure when she decided that this was the case. She goes, stupid, unreliable vampire. I thought to myself, yeah. I'm sorry, when did you decide he was a vampire? Right. Did I miss it? Because I didn't read that. Yeah. So if you decided he was a vampire, then why still the mystery? Why still the, the theories? You know what I mean? I'm yeah. like, when did, when did she make that decision? I feel like this is not a place yeah. uh, thing here. Stephanie, why are you talking in the middle of Bella's uh, inner monologue? <laughs> anyway. Um... So then she's always getting lost, as I said. Okay, so now. But more than she's always getting lost, like, she did this one thing, and it just, she says, I decided to turn east at the next corner and then loop around after a few blocks and try my luck on a different street on my way back to the boardwalk. When she could have just turned around. But more importantly, you don't know where you're going. You don't know where you are. You don't know where you're going. How are you planning to go three blocks over or whatever the case is and then turn around and you're making a lot of assumptions about the community of the neighborhood you're in right so like if you like there are some parts of our neighborhood that are just straight up avenues and and streets and so you know these are big avenues there's not gonna be a dead end in the middle of this avenue you know that so you could safely follow an avenue right and 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 you know that you're gonna find a street a side street somewhere right Mm mm-hmm you don't know this place. There are streets that have dead ends. There are streets that, like, lead to, like, a pier or, like, water. You don't know at all. And so this, it's so unrealistic that she's doing this as a young girl, as a woman. You know what I'm saying? It just, it, yeah. And so, and then also she says, she starts to describe the area and she's like, oh, it's like these, like, back, the back uh, ways of these, like, warehouses. Mm-hmm. And it's obvious that these are not the storefronts. And then right. she says, she says herself, this is an area of Port Angeles that's not meant for tourists. It's not meant for me to have seen. Right. So then why don't you just turn around? But I don't want to question that too much because, okay, she's making a bad decision. I believe she should have turned back around. Yeah. And it's not because she could have been in danger, but just because for the sake of knowing where you're going, if you turn back around and follow your steps back that way, you would have found where you were at to right. begin with. Right. That's just common sense. Right. But... So now what happens to Bella is something that's just like, it's horrible. I was like, my heart was in my throat the whole time. And I've read it before. I saw it in the movie. I've read, the, I've read Twilight before a few times. But rereading it now again, I was just like, oh my gosh. Um, because so what she says is, a group of four men turned around the corner I was heading for, dressed too casually to be heading home from the office, but they were too grimy to be tourists. And as they're walking by, she's trying to walk past them quickly. They're being loud. They go, hey there. One of them called as they passed. Can I just real quick? Yeah. Saying, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Saying, I was about to go make that point. Uh-huh. Okay, go ahead. Saying that they're dressed too casually to be head, heading home from the office, but they were too grimy to be tourists is anti-poor people. Yeah, like that it is, is classist. It is right. That's it is classist. anti-poor people. It's classist. It's ridiculous that she even phrased it this way. And like they are not inherently dangerous just just because, because they're they're they're, they're working, working class. Right, they're working, they're working class. class people. Baby, if you don't want to see working class people, don't go to a working class neighborhood. Keep yourself in Port Angeles. Keep yourself by the bay. Keep yourself where everything is nice and shiny. Don't show up in somebody's neighborhood if you don't want to see people like them. And not just that, but like she keeps talking about how she's like Bella. Bella is like you know 
she was talking about how she had to like save money and she was poor and what i think she meant when she was talking about bella being poor bella knowing financial or economic struggle is that bella didn't have as much money as her peers right which is different than bella didn't have money right and now she sees this group of people and she's like oh they're grimy they work with their hands right mm-hmm. and they're not coming from the office like what, girl what are you even talking about because this identifies this group of and then they're like oh they're loud they're being raucous as they're walking home okay but they are trash like to be clear yeah, yeah, yeah. they are trash because she's just trying to walk past but that's another thing why are they trash? why are they trash i'll tell you why they're trash go ahead because they're not the cullens mm. because they don't have the money no well, well, well there's something else but go ahead, okay. go ahead hey there one of them called as she passed by and then she goes um two of them had paused and the other two were slowing the closest <laughs> a heavy-set dark-haired man in his early 20s seemed to be the one who had spoken he was wearing a flannel shirt open over a dirty t-shirt, cut off jeans and sandals. He took a half step toward me. Now, again, the whole thing with like, he's poor. He's also unattractive. Right. I think she's trying to describe him as unattractive. Now, she didn't say unattractive, but like, we're not going to sit here and call someone heavy set. <laughs> we're not going to sit here and be like, oh yeah, he fine. She didn't call him fluffy. She called him heavy set and dirty. Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, he has no style. He has no style. My what mom is, is wearing cutoffs with sandals. What is I don't know what's happening here. I definitely don't know what's happening here. Now, what I will say, aside from this, and this is this is not about Bella. This is Stephanie Meyer. The, this complaint about describing these people this way is about Stephanie Meyer. Right. Stephanie Meyer wants to make it very clear who the villains are and who the heroes are. The heroes are rich, attractive, uh, ethereal beings, and the villains are unattractive, poor people. Because even James, even the tracker vampire, she calls him. Uh, well, we're not there yet. She oh, calls him ordinary. What tracker vampire? Kathy. Anyway, I read ahead a little. Um, so, uh, so now this like this thing that happens. Bella, the character here, goes hello and mumbles a knee jerk reaction. And what I gotta say to this is that f being polite. Yep. F being polite, but also, is it is this the safest thing that she could have done in this particular situation? Yes. Because it, women have to do this kind of risk analysis to go, okay, do I ignore this man who I don't know? Or do I say hello to not be seen as a rude, you know, whatever, and then be attacked and harassed because of that? Mm -hmm. So, like, she had to really make a decision on what she was going to do here. But the reason why she said hello, a knee-jerk reaction, was because girls are taught, don't be rude. Mm -hmm. Girls are taught to be, you know, poised and graceful and get... F that. But also, also, I think that like all girls and, and women do this, and let's not say that men who aren't vulnerable don't. Um, but by and large, like catcalling and things like that that happen on the street is a very gendered, thing. Like, yeah, thing uh-huh. that happens. Um, and girls have to do this, like you said, that risk analysis of like, if I'm not polite to this guy. This could end very poorly for me. Yeah. And we see it all the time. We see it in the news where, you know, like, someone will say, you know, let me get your number. And the woman's response is like, I'm not interested. Or I have a boyfriend or whatever it is. And they've gotten shot. Killed. Killed. Women for having the audacity Mm -hmm. to demand autonomy of their own bodies, their own existence. And, like, the idea that you can't say to someone, like, no, thank you. Or even ignore somebody. You don't even have to talk to people. You don't owe people response when they talk to you. Like, is it polite? Sure. But, like, if somebody is sort of, like, has this, like, threatening sort of vibe toward you, you don't owe them politeness. You don't and owe like, Anyone and who makes you feel uncomfortable, you do not know. You do not owe politeness to. No. Period. At all. Um, and now, there's also, of course, why are they making you feel uncomfortable? Is it 
because they are actually threatening or is it because of you know uh you're because you're racist because we want to we also want to don't want to give racism out and say well right. if they make you feel uncomfortable right, 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 right. then you don't have to be polite to them yeah um in this particular case she so then she she starts to like kind of like she walks away she says slow but she walks away and they're like hey wait and she's basically trying to speed up but without running right and so then so she's walking and she keeps walking and she's like oh this this area has nobody here right and then here she says i left my jacket in the car and i and a sudden shiver uh, made me cross my arms tightly across my chest. A single van passed me, and then the road was empty. And like it was super scary. And then she goes, "This is this guy suddenly, <clears throat> excuse me, darkened further." And I looked over my shoulder to glare at the offending cloud. I realized with a shock that two men were walking quietly twenty feet behind me. Now the reason why this was so scary is because they had just been super loud. They had just been loud, you know, just ah, ha, ha, laughing with the boys. And now that they're following this girl, they're doing it quietly. That is way more dangerous than someone following you loudly. It's because also, they, they don't want you to know that you're behind them. Right. It's terrifying. It is like, it is terrifying. I just was like, this is terrifying, but it's also typical. Yeah. And like, it, I'm just reminded, there's so many times where I don't often um, walk alone at night. Like that's, and that's not a judgment on people who do. I just, I don't. But when I was in school, my classes let out late at night and I would be getting out of, <clears throat> excuse me, I'd be getting out of school like 9, 930 in a neighborhood that's not my neighborhood because that's not where I live. Um, and every time that I got in my car, I always checked every single, like, I would open my trunk. I would check all my doors before I actually got in my car and drove away. Because that there is just, and, and, and also, it, as I'm walking to my car, if I had to park farther away from the school, I was always jumpy. And I was always kind of, like, looking over my shoulder in a way, and trying to do it in a way that if I did see something didn't alert them that I knew that they were there but in a way to kind of like know my surroundings but also sort of be like ha ha ha, ha it's fine I'm not I don't yeah. I don't notice and and that's typical of like what you know women, women experience. experience um because I because it's what I've learned and it's what I've come to expect of yes. like I'm not safe it's not safe for me right. to be in this type of situation on my own um and that's not a thing of like b being fearful all the time or living in fear and i always just kind of be like i'm just being jumpy but that's just it's just that's not it it's just how things i mean i don't say it's just like how things are because they shouldn't be but like but this happens so often it, it's that we're not making it up is what yeah, i'm saying no for sure it's not made there up was, in our heads it, it, this actually reminded me there was there was one time that we were walking home from the gym and we were like crossing the street and we were trying to cross the street anyway and this guy was like standing outside it was like five what almost six in the morning yeah because it, but it was it was like winter time it was dark outside yep and he was like standing out in front of a store and he said something and which i don't know you i don't have i don't owe your response and so we just kept walking because i don't know this man so he's not talking to me but i felt really weird about it and i turned around and i see that this man who had the entire time that we were walking up the block had been chilling on the corner i see that this man is crossing the street and i was like no get back on the other side of the street Mm -hmm. no because he was starting to follow us and i was like no 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 go back to the other side of the street because we're walking home from the gym and we're walking home to I'm, house. I'm walking to my house and if i don't realize that something's happening i could be followed home god forbid and i saw and he was like he look, looked at us he was like sneering at us and i was like get on the other side of the street and i shouted him down and then he went back he didn't say anything but he was following us mm -hmm. and i i this reminded me of that but it's just horrible it's it's so it's so creepy and it's so scary and so then she goes so she says and and is and is 
it's horrible. But she says she's thinking about where the placement of her bag, oh, hold of on her a purse. Before you go there, just mm-hmm. just a quick little thing. She says they were the same group. I'd pass at the corner, though neither was the dark one who'd spoken to me. And I just feel like she constantly, Stephanie Meyer does, constantly makes this like thing of like white equals good, dark equals bad. Yes. And she doesn't call him black. She doesn't say he's, she doesn't say what he, what. She called him dark haired. Right. And I think that that's, but she could have said the brunette. Like, right. And I just feel like this whole idea of kind of like, because she spends, because she's very intentional about mentioning white. Alabaster, she's talking about the good fair, see through, yeah, you know all these things, um, you know, peaky, <laughs> um, all these things, all these ways that she describes, like the good guys in the story, it's I find it intentional to then say the dark one. It's like no, she didn't have to say the dark one. She could have said neither was the one the who one spoke, spoke to, to me. me. She didn't yeah. have to specify that he was dark. And I yeah. just I'm like, what is the point, Stephanie? What is the point? If we not to point, point out, exactly. if not to point out that this particular person who is, by the way, dark, is the bad guy in the situation. Yeah. So she's talking about like she's trying to figure out the placement of her purse because yeah. she's like, I'll just give it up real quick if I need to. And then she says, but a small frightened voice in the back of my mind warned me that they might be something worse than thieves. And this is the fear. And like Bella, this felt so real. Bella felt like a real person. Mm-hmm. She didn't feel like a two dimensional character. She felt like a real person. These are thoughts that women have. Yep. In these situations. And then she says, I listened intently to their quiet footsteps, which were much too quiet when compared to the boisterous noise they had been making earlier. And really, there's only one reason for them to have been so quiet. And it's just to to take her by surprise when they finally do attack. Yep. So then she says, a blue car turned onto the street from the south and drove quickly past me. I thought of jumping out in front of it, but I hesitated, inhibited, unsure that I was really being pursued. And then it was too late. And like the thing is, she even now, she she had kind of a, what we could call a safety plan. I could jump in front of this car and maybe get help from people in this car. But she's like... I waited too long. I, I was I was like, I don't want to make a big deal if this isn't what's happening. Girl, make a show. And make a show and be wrong. That goes back to your point of like of politeness. Yes. Make a show. And if you're wrong, laugh you're wrong. it off. Laugh it off. If you're wrong, then you maybe maybe these guys will be like, yo, you bugging for nothing. Like, we're not really going to hurt you. We're not going to do anything to you. Like, that's mad out of pocket. It doesn't matter. If you hurt two strangers' feelings in the street who you felt were following you, then too bad for them. Yeah. Maybe they shouldn't be following you so quietly that... It, they, it, it was supposed... To, they were trying to instill fear in you. And if you reacted that way, make a scene, mama. Make a scene. And if you're wrong, you're wrong. Yeah. If you're wrong, deal with it. It's better to make a scene and be wrong than to not and then be caught in this situation. Now, that being said, it is still not on her. Whatever it is that she's experiencing right now, the fear that is being that she's being made to feel is not on her. Yeah. But that whole thing of being like, oh, but what if I'm making a bigger deal than it actually is? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Make the big deal. Right. But, and, and, all that, all that is true, and I am 100% on board. And also, if your fear is rooted in being racist, you're trash. You're trash. Um, and, I mean, if you feel afraid and frightened, like, make your scene, talk it, you know what I'm saying, do your thing. But... You're trash. And, like, understand also that if it's... it's. I mean, I don't think this particular situation no. is rooted in, in, in her being racist or anything like that. Because they made a clear... They were headed one direction. Why would you why say, would say one, one direction? direction? 
<laughs> they were headed one way, and then they turn around and start walking the way that she start. She was walking what just by coincidence. The way that they had just come. From? That it just doesn't work, no. you know. So like, so the, I don't think that's what's happening here. But I do. But I do think that and it, it happens a lot. You know, white women use a lot in a lot of way, times use this. What not just white women, but also women who are anti-black, right, and anti like darker men. Um, will use this as an excuse. So like, oh, but he was following me. Oh, I feel so. Th- threatened i felt you know my, my life was in danger that that's not what we're talking about no. here we're, ta- we're talking we're, yeah, very so we're, clearly and explicitly about someone who's being followed and made to feel uncomfortable and like she's about to be harmed um that's what we're talking about explicitly yeah and so she goes I, as she's walking she goes um they sounded further away from her she was i risked a quick glance over my shoulder and they were maybe 40 feet back now i saw with relief but they were both staring at me and this was making me feel so anxious i had my heart was in my throat mm, yeah no. but also there's a part here where she goes i was just holding out to that there was like a right turn coming up and she was holding out for that right turn and like i know that feeling yeah i know that feeling and that's that sense of that desperation of like if i just make it to this turn if i just make it to this turn everything will be fine everything will be okay i'll be safe if i just make it to this point yeah. and that's what she was talking about like that right turn and then and then she goes i skipped around the corner with a grateful scott the grateful side i skidded to a stop because lounging against the western building midway down the street were the other two men from the group both watching with excited smiles as I froze dead, froze dead on the sidewalk. I realized then I wasn't being followed. I was being herded. And how horrific. Yep. How horrific it was to see these two guys at the end of the, the, the street. Because there's no way out. She couldn't run. And so now she's doing this risk calculation that women have to do. She says, I had a good loud scream. This is the heartbreaking. Yeah. I had a good loud scream and I sucked in air preparing to use it. But my throat was so dry I wasn't sure how much volume I could manage. Yeah. How heartbreaking is it that she's like, I could scream, I could but scream. I'm yeah. so scared that I don't know what would come out. Yeah. And like this whole thing happens when women are attacked, women are harassed. But why didn't you do anything? Why didn't you say anything? Fear does things to the body. Yeah. You know what I mean? But also, like, it, 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 so this is this thing. And I just was like, it, this the terror of this thing, the terror of what they've done is unspeakable and so many men do this as a joke or they they claim it's yeah. a joke they're like oh you know you're overreacting it is unspeakable how horrifying and terrifying this type of thing is and you can't understand it. you can't understand it no. unless you live it unless you experience it imagine we had our hearts were racing reading this yep imagine this girl experiencing it yeah. So then he goes. She goes. Stay away from me. He goes. Don't be like that, sugar. And she goes. I brace myself. I know you're Sorry. Sugar. I, yeah. And she goes. I brace myself. Feet apart. Trying to remember through my panic what little self defense I knew. Heel of the hand thrust upward. Hopefully breaking the nose or shoving it into the brain. Finger through the eye socket. Trying to hook around and pop the eye out. And the standard knee to the groin. That same pessimistic voice in my mind spoke up then, reminding me that I probably wouldn't have a chance against one of them. And there were four. And then she goes, I wasn't going to go out taking, I wasn't going to go out without taking someone with me. I tried to swallow so I could build up a decent scream. And so like the best that she could hope for, because it's four on one, the best she could hope for is to take one down with her. It's to hurt one of them. Right. Maybe. Yep. And it's, it's horrible that she had to, first of all, she had to even brace herself and be like, okay, now what am I going to do? Because your mind is going, you know, a million miles a second, right? When you're going through the situation, your heart is racing in your ears and like, it's horrible. It's terrible. Okay, now, then all of a sudden, there's a car, there's headlights that suddenly float, float around the corner, and there's a car that drove into the road. She goes, this car was going to stop or run me over. And I know that's right. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so she goes, I felt that. Yeah. And then she goes, the car stops, the door opens, the passenger door opens, and get in a furious voice commanded. And then she goes, it was amazing how instantaneously the choking fear vanished. Amazing how suddenly the feeling of security washed over me, even before I was off the street, as soon as I heard his voice. And like, I'm sorry. What? You were in a situation where you were... Pretend, like in her brain, like let's be real. In her head, she was she was gonna get raped. Mm-hmm. For her to be like, it, it bothered me because like I understand the feeling of relief when you're like, okay, in this terrible situation and you have a way out of it. Yeah, that is, I understand a hundred percent. That's not my problem. Yeah, she says how instantaneously the choking fear vanished just as soon as she heard his voice. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't because she heard a voice that she recognized. It wasn't because of that. It was because she heard this particular voice. And I take issue with that. I take issue with that because she, her relief wasn't that she was being saved. Her relief was that this was the one saving her. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. And so then, aside from that, she just got out of this really bad situation, this dangerous situation that scared her, that scared me. And he starts talking. He's mad. Okay, he's mad because he knows what was going to happen. He knew what these guys were thinking. He's mad and he's angry. He's furious at them. But the language that Stephanie Meyer uses here, I got a problem with. She goes, put on your seatbelt, he commanded. I quickly obeyed. I stared at his face in profound relief. Relief that went beyond my sudden deliverance. Sorry. Relief because of what? Because you finally got to see him after three days of not seeing him? Really? Really? After this girl went through this traumatizing experience, you're going to sit here and say that her relief was past her deliverance? Really? Okay. And then she go. He goes. Distract me, please. Hold on, real quick, before you. Like she. Sorry. Sorry. Right, uh, she. She says. But I felt utterly safe. Um. And I just. I, I feel like how much of her eventual love for him, was rooted in this weird Stockholm like, kind of admiration mm-hmm. because he was constantly showing up. To like rescue her, yeah. Or to like whatever, save her from whatever situation. How much of how much of it was rooted in that, and like, and and how much? Mm, I don't want to say like he intentionally because he didn't put her in the situation. He didn't put her. He didn't put her in, in a position to get almost hit by Tyler's car. But how much of that did he? Uh, I don't want to say like orchestrate, but like I don't know. I just I find I find it interesting about like how much did he benefit from just. That sense of like, he used it. He, he so it wasn't something that he orchestrated. This thing of saving her, he just he happened to be the one who saved her, but he benefited from it for sure. And, and I, not just that, but he perpetrated. I'm not perpetrated. He perpetuated this idea that she was always in danger, and he had to always be right. Able I was to gonna say he, he he talked he perpetuated it up. He this talked idea. it up. Yeah, a lot. he absolutely did. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely did. Yeah. And so Stephanie's like, oh, but he saved her life. He saved her what once again? And he's like, distract me, please. He ordered. And then she's like, what? Like what? And so he goes, just prattle about something unimportant until I calm down. And this whole thing being ordered, being commanded, being told that you talk about things that are unimportant. This whole thing is abusive language. And I'm not gonna sit here and be like, just because it wasn't the threatening position she was in before Mm -hmm. it's not a problem 
Yeah. It's a problem. And the fact that he came in right after she had this harrowing experience and he came in with these commands, these orders, whatever, it felt to her as a relief. As, oh, he's, that as bad he's, as it could He's been. mad because he's mad on my behalf. Yeah. That he needs to act like it, have some empathy for you as the potential victim in this situation and not be worried about why he didn't get to do what he wanted to do, which was to go and, and, and beat these guys up or kill them or whatever it is he wanted to do. I'm sorry, I'm screaming again. I'm but sorry. I will say that I understand him wanting to go back and I understand and, and, and I understand it too. But if you're if, if what you're if what you are if your your focus here is her then let it be here, her. It, let it be her. It, let it be her. It's like it's like for example, like a parent and I hate to say like parent, but a parent a parent and a child, right? Yeah, I hate a that chi- you're using parent. Especially <laughs> when he could be a great grandparent. Anyway, a parent and a child, right? So like, your child comes in like, Oh, they, they they were being mean to me and you're mad that they're being mean to your kid, you're not like, Well, well, well go tell them something. Have some empathy for your child and you know what I'm saying? You're shouting again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just it gets it gets me tight. It gets yeah, me tight. I'm clearly. Sorry. It's cool. So anyway, <laughs> we're gonna move on. We're gonna move on. So he he finally like he like he's trying to calm down. She tells him how Tyler was like saying that she was gonna go to prom with him. He was like, Oh yeah, I heard about that. She's like, Oh, I'm I'm really gonna wreck this guy's car now. <laughs> so then he calms down. She goes, are, are you better? Eesh. And he goes, not really. And she's like, what's wrong? And he goes, sometimes I have a problem with my temper, Bella. And this is red flag number, what, 47? For real? <laughs> sometimes I have a problem with my temper, Bella? No. And he goes, but it wouldn't be helpful for me to turn around and hunt down those. At least that's what I'm trying to convince myself. And then she goes, oh. <laughs> now, she goes, oh. She doesn't say, no, don't do that. Or, yeah, that's not helpful. She goes, she looks at the time. She goes, um, Jessica and Angela will be worried. I was supposed to meet them. This isn't a normal reaction. I'm sorry. This is not a normal reaction. This dude is sitting here telling you, I have a problem with my temper. I'm about he to sounds furious. He's like livid. I'm about to go find them. I'm about to go hunt them down. And her reaction is, oh. Oh my God, look at the time. <laughs> I need to meet Jessica and Angela. That's not a normal reaction, girl. At the same time. No, no, no. no. I, I understand. Like, they were going to hurt you. I, she, listen, if she had said, you know what? Yeah, go hunt them down. Even that would be a more normal reaction than just, oh. <laughs> and oh, wait. wait. <laughs> that's not a normal reaction. Yeah, okay. But that's, that's fair. Now she goes, and this is Christine. He Paolo parked against the curb in a space I would have thought much too small for the, small for the Volvo, but he slid in effortlessly in one try, and that's Christine. Christine's a great parallel parker. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> um, thank you. I want to thank my my uh, driving instructor Tyrone. Um, um. So then she goes, "What are you doing?" He goes, "I'm taking you to dinner." He doesn't ask. Right. He doesn't ask her, "Are you hungry?" He 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 decides that she's gonna he's gonna take her to dinner. He smiled slightly, but his eyes were hard. Um, girl. And then she goes. He spoke before I could. Go stop Jessica and Angela before I have to track them down too. I don't think I could restrain myself if I ran into your other friends again. And she goes, I shivered at the threat in his voice. Girl, girl, none of this is, what? Mm-hmm. Like, if you want a protector, then fine. I have a protector. But, like, this whole thing of, like, somebody who's, like, going to about to fly off the hand. Is, it, is that the phrase? Fly off, fly the, off the handle. Like, yeah. no. No, honey. No, honey. So she go, he goes, you mind if I join you? And then she go, they go, oh, actually, we already ate. Sorry. And he, she goes, that's fine. I'm not hungry. I shrugged. I think you should eat something. Edward's voice was low, but full of authority. I'm sorry. What? What? Full of authority? You're yeah. not my dad. You're yeah. not my dad. I have one father. His name is Charles. He is not present. Mm-hmm. And then he looks at Jessica 
and spoke slightly louder. Do you mind if I drive Bella home tonight? Like, that's not up to Jessica. Like, that's up to Bella, Bella. if she would like to be driven home by you. I mean, Bella would like nothing more. Right. But, but also, it's not up to Jessica. It's up to Bella. Yeah. What do you mean talking around her? Like, she's not there. <laughs> I, can't. I can't. And then Jessica's like, oh, no problem, I guess. She bit her lip trying to figure out from my expression whether that was what I wanted. Okay, Jessica. Come through, Jessica. Jessica's like, yeah, she had no problem. Girl, is this... Is this what you... Is this you, true? And then she, like, trying to get into her, this? She or? winks at her, and she's like, okay, all right. And then she I goes, see you. I wanted nothing more than to be alone with my perpetual savior, and it's the trauma bond for me. <laughs> they trauma bonded. They trauma bonded. That's what happened. Several times. Several times. Yeah. It's not It's not romantic. It's trauma it's bonding. romantic. Y'all need some help. Seriously. She's like, I'm not hungry, honestly. He's like, humor me. He walked to the door of the restaurant and held it open with an obstinate expression. Obviously, there would be no further discussion. This constant yeah. shutting down of opposition, of a different, uh, different, like, you know, like, her being like, no, I, I really, I, I actually don't. No, thank you. He... No, he doesn't. The fact it. that he refuses to to he knows best. I yeah. he knows best, which is a constant trend with him. Mm-hmm. And this this idea that like he can make decisions on her behalf or yes. for her, like no. Stephanie, the no. young bride, let me tell you, wants the- to make sure that Bella is submissive to her husband. Oh lord, you're not lying. I'm not. I you know she the- wants to make sure that Bella is submissive. Right. And like the crazy thing about that is that you make her submissive in this sense, but then you want to you want us to believe that she's like this like special snowflake like individual. She not. I I. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. I just feel like there's this constant. Um, he's pushy. He's so unbelievably pushy. He really is, and so demanding. And like, part of me is like, how did I not see this before? Because I didn't. I'm gonna be honest, but I think well, it's we because it the first time. honestly because it was because of Midnight Sun. Yeah, but even and, like, still, Midnight Sun was crazy. Yeah, but also we saw it from his point of view, and he was sad. He was sorry about it. He was yeah. doing it, but he was sorry. Oh, he was God. sorry. Oh, baby, like, we had to protect him. <laughs> you know, I just because it's so it's so, and this actually goes back to like that. Uh, you know, I said in a, in a few episodes back that I wrote a paper on this, and even that paper didn't include this. Like I was nuances. I, I wish yes. I could rewrite that paper. Yes. yes. And like, it would be like twenty five pages long. Yeah, absolutely. Um and and you know, I, I, don't tempt me. Um <laughs> don't threaten you don't, with a good time. Don't me with a good time. <laughs> um, but it just it it's it's more than even her like putting herself down. It's like these moments where he yes. is it's it's into it's mixing right it's mixing that saving thing Mm -hmm. with that dominating thing Mm -hmm. so that she is receiving it as what's the stronger of the two the saving thing because you just saved it from potentially getting raped so she's not seeing that other stuff that other stuff is flying under the radar more it's more than that it's more than that that's supposed to come across as sexy right that whole authority is supposed to be like ooh. that whole like it's supposed to be alluring it's i'll be like uh, protect me baby yes decide uh, you know order my meal for me you know and it's, like, it's like stephanie stephanie your own i'm sorry but like your own uh family again family value stephanie that would be her superhero name um, she has this whole thing where she's like, he knows best, you know, he, he's the head of the family, baby. Traditional. Traditional gender, gender roles. And so, cause even, even here, she does this whole like, um, old timey wimey thing where he, he goes, okay, so is she, th- 
Time for me. Yeah. Where, where, where are you? <laughs> Page 167. Where he's like, they, he tells, the, okay, so table for two, they go sit, they're, seat, they're about to be seated. And then um, he goes, perhaps something more private. He's, right, but also, right, real quick, she goes, by the cautious no contact space Edward kept between us. And I was like, Corona awareness king. I'm sorry. Just, <laughs> um, um, socially distant king. Anyway, so he, she goes, he, they were about to sit down in this like large seating area that sat like four people. He goes, perhaps something more private. He insisted quietly to the host. I wasn't sure, but it looked like he smoothly handed her a tip. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> does, Stephanie, does Stephanie Meyer think this is smooth like that's weird and then he goes like she he t- you're in port angeles throwing right. throwing around what five dollar bills like i just and so he goes she goes uh he goes she's like how's this she takes him to like a booth and she, he goes perfect and then he like dazzled her and she goes you really shouldn't do that to people it's hardly fair do what dazzle them like that so he seemed confused he was like i dazzle All people that fake modesty shut up and she goes you haven't noticed you do you think everybody gets their way so easily he ignored my questions as he does and then he goes do i dazzle you and i just had flashbacks i just had like ptsd flashbacks to flares on facebook do i dazzle you flares y'all remember flares oh god anyway if you remember flares you've been here long enough yep you're a veteran um i said she goes frequently i admitted now any girl in competition with bella is bad any girl. No, no, no. Hang on. Any girl who's interacting with Edward, Edward is, is bad. bad. Yes. Because what I wrote was, she does not want your man. Her homegirl went to the back and told her that he was greasing palms out there and <laughs> sis just wanted her coin. That is what happened. And it, it, sis was like, hold up a second. Let me go get my tip. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. She don't want your man. The and truth was, is that later on, it's clear she does. But <laughs> she, goes, she smiled with unnecessary warmth. I'm girl, sorry. She's, she's a server. She just She's at her job. She wants the tip. For real. The, the monetary tip. Yes. <laughs> Even if she wanted the other tip, Edward would anyway, be like, no. Uh, anyway, so she goes. <laughs> so she she sees them. She takes their order. She gets two Cokes. Also, great. tip your servers. Tip your servers. I know that we have like listeners in the UK. I, and I'm not actually sure. We were in London once and we, I think we tipped. And like, yeah, everybody, we tipped, no, yeah. we, no, no, we definitely tipped. Um, but uh, everyone was surprised. Everyone was like surprised by it. Um, but I know that like the way that it's set up over there is different from in in America. But if you are anywhere, especially right now, if you're eating out um, during COVID, like tip, tip your servers and tip them well because they are out here risking. If you can't tip, you can't eat out. Sorry. Yeah. Period. I'm like we're not trying to be like classes but like I mean, but it's not about that it's people these are people's jobs they're living off of this stuff right they live off of tips no hey look i'm i'm uh, you're, you're like, yeah, that's why i brought it up He's like i brought it up first it was my idea <laughs> um so he goes how are you feeling and she, he, she goes i'm fine <laughs> and he goes you don't feel dizzy sick or cold she goes should i and he's like well i'm actually waiting for you to go into shock and she goes i don't think that will happen um I said after I could breathe again because he gave her a crooked smile and she couldn't breathe. I've always been very good at, sup- at repressing unpleasant things. And I'm just like, sweetheart, you just experienced something traumatic. This isn't just unpleasant. This isn't, oh. this isn't, you didn't have your mad teacher calling you and you didn't have the answer and the whole class laughed at you. Although that's a trauma in, in and of itself. You were about to be raped. That's not just an unpleasant experience. And it's, perfectly normal for you to go into shock we had vastly different reactions to that because all i wrote was gang gang <laughs> no i mean it, it, you can repressing things like yes we're are we are we um we're there's just experts in this room for repressing things 
Gang, gang, this particular baby, thing, this particular thing, I would be howling at the moon. Feel that. I'm going to be honest. So <laughs> Why would I say howling at the moon? Why would you, why would you say howling at the moon? I don't know. So she goes, so the, the, the server comes back, and then she goes, she stood with her back to me as she placed the Cokes on the table. Okay, rude. <laughs> Very rude. And she goes, are you ready to order? And he turns to Bella, and she... She turned unwillingly toward me. And all that point here was, no one who's living off of tips is going to be acting so rude to people who she is serving. Period. Like, like this whole thing of, like, no one's going to be like, yo, this man is so fine that I'm going to fumble the bag to try to, <laughs> like, and, like, no. No one, is, no one who lives off of tips is doing this. Yeah. Bella, this is in your head. No one who lives off of tips is going to be rude to the people who are going to tip them. Yeah. And so then... And while we're on the topic, tip your servers. <laughs> and then she goes, he goes, she, so she places the, 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 the Cokes in front of him. Drink he ordered. He what? He ordered. I, I sipped at my soda obediently. Girl. Ooh. Girl. I cringed out of my skin. Oh, my God. She's like, and she's like, oh, wait. And then she's like, oh, I was really thirsty. And then she drank that. And then he gave her his Coke. And then she drank that too. But you know why you were thirsty? It's because your body was in shock because of the trauma you had just experienced. It wasn't because he knew best. It's because he's 108 years old and he has witnessed trauma in his long life. Also, he has many medical degrees. So he knows trauma when he sees it, honey. He isn't intuitive. He's just very old. Sorry. Um, so then she's like, she's shivering. He's like, oh, you cold? And then this clown, this absolute buffoon, takes his coat off. First of all, he goes, don't you have a, a jacket? And then she's like, I left in Jessica's car. He's, he shrugs out of his, his jacket and then he hands it to her. It's sloppy. It's sloppy. His jacket is cold because he's it's cold. So screaming. I'm so sorry. His jacket is cold. Sorry, sorry, sorry. His jacket is cold because he's cold. And he just gives it to her to keep her warm. I'm sorry. What? And also, then, can we just take a moment? Yes. Describe the jacket. Go ahead. He was removing a light beige leather jacket now. Underneath, he wore an ivory turtleneck sweater. Okay, okay first of all. Wait a minute. Okay, the turtleneck, okay. Wait. The turtleneck is there. No, no. No, no, the turtleneck. No. I'm sorry, honey. No, 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 no. It fit him snugly, emphasizing how muscular his chest was. Okay, fine. The turtleneck is not terrible. Turtlenecks are fine. I don't no, 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 no. Wrong. Turtlenecks are. Listen, but also, like, describe the turtleneck. Are we talking about a cable knit sweater? Like, what? What kind? What kind of turtleneck? I, we're not gonna go into that. But it's tacky. Definitely it's tacky. tacky. I got the, the beige the, jacket. The beige, the beige leather jacket with an ivory turtleneck. It's tacky. Definitely early two thousands. True. Definitely early 2000s. It's tacky. It's bad. It's bad, but it's also it's also like I I saw that and I immediately thought of a of a of a photo shoot that NSYNC did. They had turtlenecks with leather leather jackets on, oh, and they were beige. And I'm just like Edward has like pictures of JC as his has as his fashion as he post. should as he should. JC should have had the solo career. Anyway, said what I said. Um. So then she goes sliding into her arms. The jacket was cold, and I'm like, why would he do this? And she goes, I shivered again. It smelled amazing. I inhaled, trying to identify the delicious scent. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and then she goes, and then it's he goes. It's pheromones, Bella. It's pheromones. It's you, Bella. <laughs> and so then she goes, he goes, that color blue looks lovely with your skin. <clears throat> Hold on a second. Blue? That, where did the blue come from? She was wearing a blue shirt. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And I was like, but I thought the jacket was beige. What do you mean? Okay, okay, got it. I was like, wait a minute. Does Stephanie Meyer... <laughs> Like, is this one of those? Is this one of those challenges of what color do you see? Like, 
No. Um, and so then if it's on a vampire, it's a beige jacket. But on a human, it turns blue. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so then he gives her the bread. And she was like, I'm really not going to go into shock. And he's like, you should be. Like, a normal person would be. You don't even look shaken. And she's like, I feel very safe with you. I confess, mesmerized into, into telling the truth again. And it's like, girl. And then she goes, that displeased him. His alabaster brow furrowed. Alabaster, let's let's hey. not forget how white Jacob is. Jacob, not Jacob. No. Jeez. You take Edward. that back. You take <laughs> Edward, I take it back. I take it back. Jacob is our cruelet, cruelet king anyway um how white edward is and so then she says usually you're in a better mood when your eyes are so light and he's like what what's up sorry cause, cause what's up and she goes yeah like when you're when your eyes are darker you're crabbier and he's like huh, more theories she goes i have a theory about that and he goes more theories and she goes mm-hmm. um and so then they're she's like eating and he's like oh from a comic book and she's like she's like no I'm more creative he's like i hope you were more creative than that and it's like mm. so um, at one point, uh, again, she goes, uh, what's her name comes over the server and she's like, did you change your mind? Is there, can I get you anything? He goes, no, thank you. He gestured with a long white hand. Yeah. We get it. He's we right. get it, Stephanie Meyer. We get it. I promise you, we understand. So this he goes, only you, only you. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Only you could get into trouble in a town this small. You would have devastated their crime rate statistics for a decade. You know, she got hurted, but sure. Let's make her feel. Or seem like a danger magnet. She's right. not a danger magnet. She's yeah. a girl who was by herself, who four guys decided they were going to prey upon. Right. Like, he said it in a playful way, but it's not funny. He, and he says it, um, like, three more times. Yeah. Uh, the onus is not on the victim. It's not on her, but crime. then he also makes it seem like I'm the only person who can save you. He perpetuates this whole thing of, like, you're always in danger. You're always at risk. I'm going to save you all the time. Right. And then she goes, he goes, uh, she said, I thought you were always right. He said, I used to be. I was wrong about you on, on one other thing as well. You are not, a, you're not a magnet for accidents. That's not a broad enough classification. You're a magnet for trouble. If there is anything dangerous within a 10 mile radius, it will in, invariably find you. And again, why are you blaming her and calling her a danger magnet? She's not. She's just a girl. And so he goes to her. He confesses. <laughs> he goes, I followed you to Port Angeles. I've never tried to keep a specific person alive before. And it's much more troublesome than I would, ha than I would have believed. But that's probably just because it's you. Again. Ordinary people seem to make it through the day without so many catastrophes. It's not on her. It's not. And she, he goes, I wonder, she goes, I wondered if it should bother me that he was following me. Instead, I felt a strange surge of pleasure. I'm that girl. That's not normal. Again, but but it's because she has her have these very not normal reactions. Yeah. Yeah. And he told her it something. It should bother you, girl. He told her something like, your number was up the day that I met you. Yes. And I was like, yo, that is the creepiest thing I've your ever Your number heard. was up the day I met you. And she was like, oh. She said, I felt a spasm of fear at his words. But then, it went, then I pushed it back because I felt so safe with him now. Girl, it's because you sprung. <laughs> it got nothing to do with being safe with him. You're not safe with him. It was just creepy and threatening. And I was like, why? You're not why safe with him. This? And so then he goes, it's harder than it should be keeping track of you. Usually I can find someone very easily once I've heard their mind before. And then uh, he, he goes, I was keeping tabs on Jessica, not carefully. And so my issue with this is she's fine with this, with him keeping tabs on her through Jessica. And it's not just that he's manipulating her. He's using her friends. He's invading her friend's 
privacy because it's like before like if he's hearing people's thoughts he can't help it it's part of what he's able to do he can hear people's thoughts he's actively listening to people's thoughts to keep track of her and he's invading her friend's privacy to keep track of her and she's fine with it it's stalking he's stalking her and stalking her friends and also stalking her through her friends it's horrible and she's fine with it because it's edward and to be fair, fine, this particular time, because he was there and he did stalk her, he saved her, which is horrible. It's disgusting that Stephanie Meyer basically said he's stalking her. But imagine if he hadn't been there. It's disgusting. Yeah. It is disgusting. Yeah. Tying that, tying that. Tying those two things together, horrible. Yeah. Agreed. For sure. And then he goes, it was very hard. You can't imagine how hard for me to simply take you away and leave them alive. I could have let you go with Jessica and Angela, but I was afraid if you left me alone, I would go back looking for them. And so, like, here's the thing. There's also, he's now told her twice they were in danger because of what happened, because of what was going on. And, like, I understand her being like, well, he's my savior, he's my protector, and he's going to do whatever he needs to do. But killing people, like, I'm sorry, girl, if you're fine with that, then I don't know what to tell you. Like, you, yeah. like I don't care how much I love someone. A man tells me I'm going to kill somebody. I'm like, you, you tell the wrong person. <laughs> you told the wrong person. I don't believe in Narkin, but you best believe I'm not gonna sit by and be like, "Oh, you." But you killed my honor. Wow, this is not some medieval, like love story. Like yeah. this, this is no. So then she, she, they walked out, and he was like still careful not to touch her. And she goes, "I remember what Jessica said about has said about her relationship with Mike and how they were almost to the first kiss stage. How corny <laughs> is this whole town that Jessica's like, oh, we had a great. So Jessica and, and Mike went on a date, and she's like, we had a great time, we had a blast, blah 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 blah. blah. She goes, maybe next weekend we'll have our first kiss, and I'm just like, listen, Ew. like, ooh, right? I'm like, you know, like I'm not telling you to get down on the first date, but like." This man dropped you off at your house and you are expecting a week from that time <laughs> to when you're expecting a kiss. What in the world? This is so vanilla. This is so also this is so vanilla. There's some like Pleasantville that that that, right, that yeah. Pleasantville movie with yeah. Reese with this one. Yes. Yeah. Um we're I was we? like, what? Girl, she's like, I'm looking forward to that first kiss. It's like, girl, it's gonna be disappointing, but I'm also <laughs> <laughs> what what Anyway, so she's like, I remember her talking about their relationship. And I'm just like, relationship? See, Mike ain't the only one who come out too strong. Relationship? They went on a date. <laughs> Not according to Jessica. Jessica's like, girl, you... you Jessica you had a bridesmaid. Jessica, <laughs> Jessica had a bridesmaid. Manny and Craig went out on a date in Degrassi. Oh. And Manny was just like, her, her. it was not realistic. But anyway. Um, Degrassi. Degrassi. <laughs> she's, they, 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 they were almost at their first kiss stage. Okay, so now he goes, we can talk, but we'll talk in the car. And so then um, they're, they're going to talk about all her theories. And so then they get into the car. Okay, great. And Edward pulled out through traffic, apparently without a glance, flipping around the he- to head toward the freeway. Hate and then that. Goes, yeah. Now, he said, significantly, it's your turn. Significantly. <laughs> That's another Stephanie Meyer special. What do you mean, he said, significantly? <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Uh, yeah. I don't think that's the word you're trying to use, Stephanie. No, pointedly. Pointedly, yes. Pointedly, probably, yes. I'm going to make a list from now on of every time Stephanie says a word and I'm going to replace it with a word that's actually appropriate. Correct. Stephanie, Hi, can- Stephanie. I'm your editor. <laughs> Pay me. Um, okay. So that's all. This, this, this episode is done. Um, we will see what happens on the drive home because apparently they're going to be talking about theories and all such. And I, if I'm not mistaken, there's, there's a zinger. That comes up in the next in the next chapter. So, 
Should be good. Should be good. We'll see you. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, bye. Bye.